For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Back in Kiario Studios, where this podcast is supposed to take place. No more fancy New York boutique hotels. We're actually driving home on this Drive Home podcast. 9.46 p.m. Thanks to a very appreciated 7 p.m. start time at the show I just did in Vancouver, Washington. At the back alley bar. Nope, not a gay bar. I did a show a thousand years ago. I think I, this is probably in my book. I think I wrote about this in my book, uh, Happiness Isn't Funny. True Stories of a Road Comic. Four and a half stars on Amazon. Used to be five. What are you going to do? Uh, there's a bar I worked, I can't remember, some small town in Oregon. The name of the, <laughs> the name of the bar was Rumors. And the logo of the bar on the sign had a rainbow. The bar was called Rumors, and it had a rainbow on the sign. But it was not a gay bar. And I guess it was a small enough town, if I recall, I kind of made a joke about how it's not a gay bar, but it's called Rumors. And it has a rainbow on the sign. And they kind of looked at me like, huh? Yeah. There's Pabst Blue Ribbon at the end of that rainbow. What the hell is your problem? It's a very uh, smoky, a shitty air evening. That's that's something I'm not going to tell you on the local weather forecast. Well, it's a shitty air evening. Past few summers here in the Northwest, uh, we have had some uh, very kind of rough summers for wildfire smoke. This summer has been pretty good uh, until now. And uh, yeah, there's uh, smoke in the air. The sun looked weird all day. There's a lot of... uh, a lot of wildfire smoke. Uh, the summer of 2020, and I, I wrote a book that summer, well, that year, that will be out in uh, the summer of 2078. But I thought about one of the phrases I used in that book today when I was talking about the smoke-filled air, looking at the sun. Uh, I think I think how I described it was, uh, the sun looks like it's on loan from a different solar system. It doesn't look like our sun. It looks weird. It's like an egg yolk. 
a little more orange than an egg yolk just sitting in the sky. So, uh, so smoke-covered is the view. You can actually stare at the sun. You probably really shouldn't, but I mean, you can look at it. It doesn't even hurt. And now I'm driving home, uh, and I just saw the moon that was also weird. Kind of red, kind of pink. Is it a grapefruit moon? You ever heard that Tom Waits song? I'd play it right now, but it's not legal. It's copyrighted music. But you know what's not copyrighted? Me singing. Grapefruit moon. Nailed it. I'm going to add Tom Waits to my impression portfolio. Can't remember the next line. Bright star shining. Something like that. So yeah, the lungs are a little burning. My eyes are a little gummed up. My penis is about normal, if I'm being honest really hasn't been affected by the smoke. Last night I uh, I got home late and I uh, I had a message from the booker of uh, tonight's show that said uh, I have only sold two tickets. I will still honor the deal we have if you want to do it. But also, I'm giving you the option, we can cancel the show, and I'll give you half your money. And I messaged him back. By the way, this is an old man thing to say, but can we stop doing business on Instagram Messenger? Anyway. I don't like business on text, either. Give me an email. You can find when you're looking for it. No Facebook Messenger. What do we agree to? What's the address? Let me scroll back 4,000 messages and find it. Uh, anyway, I messaged back, like, look, I will... I guess I can cancel if you really want to. I, I talked to a couple people who said they're coming to the show. Blah, blah, blah. I still want to do it. Went to bed, woke up in the morning, and I thought, why... Did I not cancel the show? Sure. By going to the show, I'll make at least 150 more dollars. Plus, hopefully, some merch. But I could have done nothing for half my money. I could have had a family night. I could have watched a terrible movie with my daughters and wife. I don't feel like driving to Vancouver. Should have taken the deal. That's why I would be the worst deal or no deal contestant ever. When they're like, your first offer is $1,100. Deal! I'll take it. Guess what? We had, I don't know what, 30-something people there? Actually, 40-something people there, maybe? Uh, sure, 20 of them were free tickets to a veterans group. So, I think the booker probably uh, broke even. I got my full money. 
get about 250 in merch unless you work for the IRS and then I gave away some promotional items so I'm glad I did it grapefruit moon it was actually supposed to be uh, the booker was hosting Kevin can't remember his last name good dude any dude who will honor the contract is a good dude. Uh, he was going to do a couple minutes. We were going to have another comedian. And then me. The other comedian didn't show up. My new friend Kevin was a little worried about it. I said, Kev dog? I didn't say that. I said, do 10 or 15. And then, you know, I always go along anyway. You picked a good night to not have a comedian. Thank you. We don't need any more comics. This is fine. We're good. <laughs> I've never thought labor shortage would hit stand-up comedy, but here we are. <laughs> Doing the work of two people for the same fucking money. So I think I did uh, 70 minutes. Was, uh, it was fine. It was it was it was a decent show. I did I did some new material. No, I'm not gonna play it. It's not ready. Stop it. Stop pressuring me. It's shy. It's not ready. I got a uh, I got a bunch of really nice messages about my last episode, uh, where I I which I taped uh, pretty you know within a few hours of. Uh, passing my comedy seller audition in New York. Um, so thank you for all those messages. I thought of a couple <laughs> a couple things I wanted to mention about that. Uh, one, I, I had, it was funny to me anyway, uh, before I performed, I was sitting in this outdoor seating kind of across the sidewalk which seems to be kind of a comic hangout. Uh, and there was a comic, Greer Barnes. Uh, I'm not that familiar with him, but he I've heard his name. He's a New York staple. Done some TV and stuff. Uh, he was also in the covered outdoor seating area. Not that, not that close to me, but 10 feet away maybe. Uh, and he started smoking uh, a jazz cigarette, which is my favorite term for marijuana. <laughs> hey, you got any of those jazz cigarettes? He started smoking a, a joint or a blunt or something. And I realized I was like breathing it in and I had this moment of almost panic where I'm like, Fucking Greer Barnes is hot boxing me right now in this outdoor restaurant seating. I like got up and moved down the block because I'm like, I don't want to be high. That's the last thing I want to be before my comedy seller audition is high. Just walk out on stage like, whoa, this is crazy. Do you guys know Greer Barnes? You guys, you want to hear my Tom Waits impression? 
Grapefruit Moon. Wait, I didn't do it right. Also, I neglected to mention, uh, I almost fucked up the whole thing because, uh, the comedy seller booker, Esty, she, uh, you know, she said, I got an email from her that was like, email me at the week, a week before you want to perform. And I think I did it eight days before I wanted to perform. Got no response. And then, uh, I was kind of not surprised, but also like, well, she's been so good to respond all these other times. Maybe she finally is not going to respond. Uh, which would suck because I already had the New York flight booked and all that stuff, but like, you know, I knew I was taking a gamble anyway. And I was, <laughs> I was looking at our email chain of all the different emails from the very first one we've sent. kinds of fun stuff on that email chain. What's your favorite color? None of that stuff. All business. And I realized the day before when I thought I was emailing Esty, the comedy seller booker, to let her know I will be there next Friday. I would love a set. I actually had sent an email by responding to myself. I was the last email on the chain. I responded to myself. I sent an email <laughs> to myself asking Esty if I could perform the next Friday. So then I did send her an email and she responded in like two hours. You guys, I almost fucked it up. I almost didn't send her the email. And I would have never figured it out. I would have just been like, man, I really thought I was going to get a set at the Comedy Cellar, but you know, oh well, shit happens. I guess she got tired of talking to me. I was so close to having that happen. Did I just say I wanted all my business handled on email? This isn't a good case for that. Let's go back to mailing letters. My dearest Esty, I trust the New York summer is keeping your heart as warm as your skin. As luck would have it, my travels shall soon take me to New York City. It would warm my heart for a chance to perform on your stage. With all my love, Gabriel. But luckily I noticed. I really almost pulled a relage on that one. I would have really, I would have, like I said, I wouldn't even have been surprised. I would have just spun it like, well, I knew it was too good to be true. Last night, I uh, 
did a show in the back room. Not the back room. It's a big, I guess, an event center at the Clearwater Casino. And uh, I don't. It's near Paulsbow, Washington. Uh, it was an event uh, called uh, Shop with a Cop. Kitsap, which is the name of the county. Kitsap Shop with a Cop or something like that. It's a charity for, I guess, cops take kids shopping for Christmas. I made a few jokes that were like, that sounds like a setup. That definitely. You want to shop with a cop? This is, this is a setup. Shop with a cop. By the way, sounds like a setup. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Hey, you wanna shop with a cop? Like, what? Why is there a dog here? Don't worry about that. There was like three, four hundred people in there, like all law enforcement. Everyone there pretty much was law enforcement or law enforcement adjacent. Even if they wouldn't tell me what their job was. Uh, I have never started a show this way, but how, how many of you are in law enforcement? You undercover in the front there? <laughs> I, gotcha. I have definitely had this dream before. I, uh, I'm just going to start off by being honest. I did know why you pulled me over. I did. I, I have never... Uh, performed at a fundraiser that raised more money. They raised $125,000. People were spending like six grand on African safaris. Uh, there was an auction. All this was happening. Uh, there was like a trolley that, uh, sort of a big cart of liquor. Someone, someone spent three grand. Someone bid three grand on the liquor trolley. I could not believe the amount of money uh, that was being raised. I'd like to remind this road that marijuana is legal now. I don't know. I'm getting a, a real plug. You know what? I liked it better when I couldn't see him, but thank you. I say marijuana is legal, the lights come on. Marijuana is not this room's problem. Apparently it's alcohol. Three grand. Three grand for a tub of liquor. Wow! Wow! I thought I liked drinking. I don't three grand for a cart of liquor like drinking. Good for you. Can't wait till whoever won that bid takes the next are you an alcoholic test at their doctor's office. <laughs> How many drinks a week do you have? Like, oh, this is a bad week. Uh, it was for the kids. <laughs> so, by the way, I mean, I've, been, I've worked a fair amount of fundraisers. Not bragging. Uh, <laughs> I have never seen a fundraiser raise this much money. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Absolutely incredible. 
the generosity of uh, the people in this room, and I was so moved that I, I was thinking, I should have asked for more money. I did not know the budget we were working with. I was a guest on a podcast when I was in uh, New York called uh, Shit. I'm just a kid. I'm a kid. I'm just a kid. I can't look it up. I'm driving. Uh, with my pal James Camacho, who I was... Uh, I did the Middle East tour with. He was one of the comics on that. Uh... And you know, it really was a good reminder for me that um, I'm kind of glad I don't do video for my podcast. I mean, obviously I'm in the car, so it'd be a little weird, but you could. There's, you know, there's like little cameras you can buy and stuff. Actually, there's a comedian, Adam Tiller. I think he listens to my podcast. I saw he had a podcast, podcast poop podcast clip uh it was a car podcast with camera and he was holding a microphone while driving Adam for fuck's sake do you know why I pulled you over yeah is it cause I was podcasting you gotta look around when you're 48 you gotta look at the 50 year olds yeah you volunteering, sir? Yeah. <laughs> you really are the worst undercover cop. <laughs> Ask me. First day on the job. I'm scared shitless right now. What's your real, what's your job? I'm retired. You're, you're retired. <laughs> From what? Honesty? <laughs> you're too young to be retired. Suddenly, you don't like the questions, do you? <laughs> Sir, do you know why I started talking to you? Because you got a tail light off. <laughs> yeah, you should clap. It's all right, it's not my business. Now I feel like you are undercover. <laughs> You're a little vocal. That's your real job. Enjoy your booze trolley. <laughs> That's how I would drink that, by the way. <laughs> trolley coming through! Just bring that trolley on the city bus like it's first class airplane. I feel like I'm running for something with these flags behind me right now. I feel like I'm running for something and I am not gonna win. I don't know, I look at 50 year old dudes, I'm like, I don't know what's next for me. I don't know, they're doing some stuff I'm not doing. Maybe I need to make some changes. No, it's great.
I was like, well, yeah, when you retire at 50, it's great. Ask to leave, whatever your jam is. You're fired, so I'm retired. But I don't really want to do video. Not that I think it would get that many views anyway, but that's what you're supposed to do now. You're supposed to, you know, I think a lot of the big podcasts make a lot of money from like YouTube ads on the video from their podcast. But you know, so there's a few limitations on mine. I just, I don't, there's something too personal about the video in a podcast. And I didn't, I hadn't thought of that, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, James is, I think he's 28. He knows what the hell he's doing. He's got a lot of followers on everything. He put out some podcast clips of me and him. One of them, uh, almost got a million views. It's like 935,000 views on this podcast clip. Smoke! And I think the other one was like 60,000. And they're like, yeah, you know, on Instagram. So it's like, I get a little notification. Would you, you know, I can share the video from mine too, which I did do. So that's why I can see the numbers and everything. But, First of all, I just don't understand algorithms. I don't know why, why, why that, it was me talking about, you know, the podcast that's about high school, so I was talking about my high school girlfriend, the only high school girlfriend I had, and just like what a dork I was, and how I didn't know what to do with her, and you know, I kissed her on the cheek the first time, (laughs) I gave her a grandma peck on the cheek, and you know, she would try to move me along uh, physically sexually and I just was scared I was terrified because of God because I was a youth group kid and I'm, I'm it's shit that I've probably talked about on my podcast before but I watched the video of it and I'm like well this is a lot this is personal the other clip that got less views it was still like I was talking about how it was, you know, the only thing that I kind of miss is it's like, when you think sex is bad, it's kind of hot. And so I used the term, you know what, the only thing I miss is shame boners. I said shame boner. And he put captions. To see the captions of my words, shame boner, really made me feel like a piece of garbage. Also, I don't know why, look, like I, I didn't read all the comments, I stopped, but it's like 930,000 views on one of those clips on Instagram. All these comments on who I look like. If Jimmy Fallon smoked weed, uh, you know, Dave Grohl's uncle. Dave Grohl's uncle? Dave Grohl looks like Dave Grohl's uncle. Dave Grohl is in his 50s. I didn't see one comment on what James looks like. (laughs) 
No one said, this looks like a young Lou Diamond Phillips. No one said that. No comments. All my comments. You know who this dude looks like? Why do I look like so many people? And why is it always the shitty version of those people? It's never. This guy looks like Jimmy Fallon if Jimmy Fallon was hot. This guy looks like Dave Grohl if Dave Grohl is a lot sexier. This guy looks like he's close to a thing we like. Anyway. I should have known he was going to put out that clip about me talking about my first girlfriend. By the way, my first girlfriend who follows me on Instagram. I don't think she listens to this podcast. She follows me on Facebook. The clip comes out. I'm talking about how one time when we were making out she said the words you can do whatever you want to me and I I touched a boob and then I freaked out that's all I did because I was just so scared and I was like oh I should have known he's going to put out this clip I really hope she won't see it first comment I see bunch of laugh emojis from her. (laughs) I'm like, I commented to her. I was really hoping you wouldn't see this. I sent her a message. I'm like, look, I didn't use your name. uh, But it's still a lot, and I'm sorry. But she was like, she seemed very happy I was talking about it. We actually chatted to the point she kept a breakup letter I sent her. I think she was like visiting somewhere for a summer. I sent her a breakup letter. Boy, this story sounds old. You didn't text her? Nope. Breakup letter. I got the postal service involved. My dearest love, although I shall remember the feel of your breast fondly, the judgment of the almighty creator has caused me to seek an end to our engagement. She kept the letter. She's like, I should show it to you. I was like, no, 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 you should not. I do not want to see the letter that I sent you to break up with you when I was like 17 or, yeah, I think I was 17. Ladies, do you have to hold on to everything? Do you have to? (laughs) But yeah, that was embarrassing to me. I mean, I I mentioned a few episodes ago that, you know, one of my bits about... I mentioned my childhood elementary school crush, Lisa Wasberg. But I'm not saying anything about Lisa Wasberg. I'm just using her real name. And I, I didn't use my first girlfriend's name, but I'm talking about her boob and 930,000 people saw it. And then told me who I looked like. I should have put that with my apology to her. 
by the way, it's cool you got to make out with a dude who went on to look like Dave Grohl's uncle. Shame boner. I saw shame boner. In the captions. And it's all, you know, because he knows how to do all these, like, quick cuts to, like, fit it into 59 seconds. So it's all cut weird, like, you know what I miss? The only thing I miss, shame boners. (sighs) Audio only. This shit's a secret. And I'm not even famous enough for that to be a good story for her. You know, if Kevin Hart tells a story about his first girlfriend and he was too scared to have sex, but he grabbed her boob once, whoever Kevin Hart's first girlfriend was, she brings it up. She tells people. Who did I date in high school? Have you seen the remake of Jumanji? He's in it. But I'm not a good story. I'm not like... I don't even know if I was her first boyfriend. I might have been. But who was my first boyfriend? Oh, he's... um. Let me send you a link. He's got some stuff on YouTube. He has a dry bar comedy special. actually makes sense. Seems like a guy afraid to touch two breasts would eventually go on to make a clean comedy special. That's on brand. So anyway, if she's listening, I'm sorry. That shit ain't the world's business. They don't know it's you, but we know it's you, and I'm sorry. Please burn the note. shoebox of notes and shit. I should find that. I kind of forget. I got some notes from Christy and I think I got something from who almost said her name. Uh, I should find that. See what's in there. Oh, who was my first boyfriend? Let me ask you this. You ever heard of the Back Alley Bar and Grill in Vancouver, Washington? Well, thanks to some free ticket giveaways, he got 40 people to see him there. Oh, what's my first boyfriend up to? You ever heard of Shop with a Cop? Three kids. We have three children, my wife and I. Uh, That was not our plan. We did not plan on having three children, but we are all here now. (laughs) And that's how I start every Christmas morning speech. Well, we're all here now. Would the presents be better if there are less of you? Yeah, it would be. (laughs) 
That's why we did a little something different this year. We did something different, and uh, you're gonna go shopping with a guy who used to be a cop. <laughs> All my names are changed in my uh, next book, by the way. I learned my lesson from my first book. <laughs> I have some stories about girls I dated or almost dated. None of the names are correct. I had some fun with it. I mean, I let you know it was a fake name in the book, but it's like... I had a few conversations after my first book came out that were like, did you have to use my fucking name? Like, I didn't use your last name. Also, you did the thing that I talked about. <laughs> I didn't lie. That's a bit of a pattern with me. I write books that I never consider people are going to read. I do podcasts that I don't think people will watch or listen to. Oh, well. By the way, my Dry Bar Comedy Special, uh, I think it's up... It's getting close to being up five weeks, the full special on YouTube. 600,000 views. Not bad in five weeks. 600,000 views. Uh... I feel like maybe, uh, you know, it's on a trek to a million eventually if it kind of keeps trucking along. But I just combine trucking and trickling if it keeps truckling. If it keeps truckling along. If you ain't fucking, you're truckling. I've always said that. Oh, my first boyfriend? Uh, he was offered half of his money because only two tickets were sold. <laughs> I sold so many shirts at that cop till you chop, drop, stop dropping cop roll. I sold so many shirts. Like four figures worth of money. That's right. 9999 I sold more than $1,000 of shirts. And I gave some to the charity. And I still... That's a lot of shirts. I think I sold... I think I sold like 40 shirts or something. I'm bad at math, but... It was insane. Unless you work for the IRS. And then what a night of promotional giveaways I had. all parody. Nothing's legally binding that I'm saying right now. Oh, my first boyfriend? Well, he just got passed at the comedy cellar. I don't know. I don't know what that means either, but he, he thinks it's important. I was thinking about how because that, you know, between the two podcast clips, uh, not my podcast, the podcast video clips for I'm a Kid podcast. Damn it. I'll put a link to it. I'll put a link to uh, that podcast episode in my episode notes. But, like, 
over a million views of people. That's just on Instagram, and I think he put them on TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and all that, too. But I think uh, I went to the his YouTube page, where the full episode is, and it had like 38 views. So there is a... It's kind of funny. There's a disconnect between a 59-second video that gets a million views and the reality... I mean, you know, maybe people listen also, but it's... I don't know. It's cool to get a million views on anything. And I got some new Instagram followers out of it, and Lord knows I need those. But... It's not like people watched it and then... A hundred thousand of them went to watch the full episode. But, oh well. I was on a radio show a couple weeks ago uh, in Louisiana. Uh, this guy I worked with, Carter. Nah, I don't remember his last name. Shoot, Carter. Carter the Power on uh, social medias. Uh, he's a big LSU sports guy. He does. Uh, he does. He was doing like sports radio in Louisiana, but. A story about me came up. Have I talked about this already? It's a blur. I, my apologies if this came up already. But, uh... He, t- <laughs> he was telling the story... About me... To someone else on the radio show and he started laughing. I listened to the clip. He started laughing so hard he almost like... Choked on water. So then he, he had me come on the next day and, and talk about the story and the truth of it. Uh, and the story was, it's, it's something I tweeted. It's not a story exactly. It's a thing that happened to me. Uh, during the pandemic, I uh, was looking through. I mean, I bring up during the pandemic because like I wasn't... Especially, this was probably... March 2020, I think this happened. So I was really not a comedian. I was doing a couple live stream shows, but like everything I had was canceled. My comedian identity was crumbling. Oh, my first boyfriend? Well, he delivers groceries for Walmart. And I was looking through a bunch of like old documents and stuff and I found a check from Comedy Central. I feel like I really have talked about this already. Son of a bitch. Oh well. Uh, I found a check from Comedy Central. I think it was for two or three cents. And it was two cents. And uh, I was like, you know what? I've gotten a bunch of those two-cent checks over the years. I'm going to cash it. And I think psychologically it was like, you know what? I might not be a comedian right now, but I'm going to cash this check from Comedy Central because at one point in time I made a television appearance. So just phone deposit. I, uh... 
deposited that two cent check. And then the next day, I got a notification. Uh, that said the check was too old. And it had bounced. And my bank had charged me a $15 fee. Cause there's no business like show business. And that depressing story made Carter laugh so hard he had to have me on the radio to talk about it. I might have told that a couple episodes ago. I can't remember. I really, I really don't have much of a brain left. Going to a Mariners game tomorrow uh, with my familia. Uh, that's Spanish for family. Hopefully, it's not too smoky. Will we make the end of the game? I don't know. After my kids eat a slice of pizza and have some ice cream, it'll be like the top of the second inning, and they'll be like, Can we go? I'm bored. And I'll be saying things like, no, if they throw four pitches that aren't in the strike zone, then that batter gets to take their base. It's called a walk. No, he did. He did get, he did hit the ball, but he didn't get a hit. A hit is like if he, you know, no one catches it. Or no one throws to first base before the runner gets there. That guy hit the ball on a line and then the guy caught it, so he's out. No, the game's not almost over. I don't know why the manager also dresses like he's going to play baseball. <laughs> it is the only sport I believe that happens. I mean, how hilarious would it be if you went to an NBA game and the coach had shorts on and a jersey tank top just said coach on the back. No other sport. Hockey, the dudes and the coaches in a suit. Soccer, they're not wearing shorts. Football, of course not in football. You think Pete Carroll, coach of the Seahawks, is coming out in pads the first game? No, he's not. But for baseball, for some reason, the baseball manager is suited up. Like in case everyone gets hurt, 
some 63-year-old man's going to come out of it. I got this. That's why I put the uniform on. I got this. Uh, a former Seattle Mariners manager, Lou Pinella, uh, who was not a slender man. He's still alive. Uh, I'm sure he's not slender still. But, you know, an elderly chubby fella, which is not, baseball uniform's not a good look for a belly. It's really, it kind of accentuates your problem if you have a bit of a belly. And I know that because I played high school baseball and I had a bit of a belly. But Lou Pinella would be in the uniform. I don't think they wear cleats. That's the only thing they're not wearing. But uh, he would also smoke cigarettes in the dugout. They wouldn't show it on TV. But there's plenty of pictures on the internet. And you could see it at games, I think. And there's <laughs> there's something about... Like, if he was in a... I don't know what a baseball manager should wear if it's not a uniform. If they wear a suit or just, like, regular clothes. If... <laughs> there's something about an old man wearing a baseball uniform, smoking a cigarette, that's so much funnier than an old man coach smoking a cigarette who's not in a baseball uniform. There's something quite hilarious about the whole thing. You know, it's like, they probably all have nutritionists and they work out every day and taking all these vitamins or performance enhancing drugs. And then there's their coach, this old fat man, smoking a camel, yelling at people. Throw a strike, god damn it! Don't make me put out this cigarette and walk out to the mound and yell at you. do not think I will see a manager or any of the players smoking. In fact, I will probably won't. I'll probably see people smoking outside the stadium. There's probably a smoking area. I don't know how it works. That's the other funny thing. Lou Pinella, Mariners manager, he would smoke in the dugout on the bench. Uh, but back when it was a dome, it wasn't even outdoor smoking. He's got to be really old now and he's still alive, which leads me to believe that smoking's actually good for you based on the Lou Pinella evidence. Oh, my first boyfriend? Well, he quit playing junior varsity baseball to work at a grocery store. Yeah. No, actually, he touched the right boob. That's the one he touched. All right, I'm going to go. Goodbye.